Yeah, Griffers, how are you feeling? I'm alive. Eh, that's all you can ask for, right? <sighs> this is a very so, Delilah-sounding episode. So I was... Uh, <laughs> so tell us your feelings. I was perusing TikTok, but <laughs> there's not a TikTok list. That's Just so we're going to... So here's the deal. We're going to cover two new albums or two albums today. Anyway, Ooh, curveball going through just, but going through, I, there's this one, I, I can't tell you who the TikTok person is that I, I follow, but it's, he's our age and he's always like putting those TikToks up. Like if you're an eighties kid, you'll remember these things and he'll show like toys or different things from the eighties. Well, this song he had playing in the background and I totally forgot about this song. And I love it. So here we go. Can I always count on Ryan? That's a great song. Do you believe in heaven above? Do you believe in love? I totally forgot about it. Don't be false or untrue. It all comes back to you. Is this a one hit wonder or no? Open fire. It was great. <laughs> contact high. Hey, contact high. I, I will tell you, it was one of the most euphoric experiences of my life, and I understand why some people would do it, but I just no. I'd be, I'd be 300 pounds. I've eaten eating <laughs> sandwiches all day. Chips. Nice. Well, cool. Well, I'll 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 well, sign. He, he I'll, took up all the air on that on that segment, didn't he? Right, I'll sign us. I'll sign us on, and then we'll jump right into these albums. Wow, y'all you, don't even know what the albums are. You didn't even give me time to respond to any one of those songs. Sorry. Man, I was I was just gonna say that. <laughs> I can't even now. That's how I felt last episode. I felt like, man, Fisher's killing it. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit back. There's one well, episode you literally, like, it was like you did everything, and I was like, this is a nice episode. Black, that was probably the black album. Episode. Yeah, I just, I just had my. I mean, you even did the first listen. I just had my little drink, and I'm. This is great. <laughs> but I was gonna say more specifically for the second one, the uh, one they thought was Panic at the Disco, the Fallout Boy song. Um, you know that at least in my mind that's like right on the outside of like right on the edge of where I was still listening to current music and before moving on to the phase of our life where we like what we like and you don't really listen to anything new and so I you know that's what mid to late 20s somewhere in there yeah uh what I think is cool about the girls liking that music is hopefully it'll turn them on to the stuff that came before it and was what we listened to. I know a lot of, uh, a lot of high schoolers that um, either are Katie students or Katie's just known through the years here. Uh, it seems like in the last year and a half, two years, they really, a lot of teenagers are, are turning themselves on to, not what's so much popular anymore, but what was popular when we were their age. This is true. Which is, you know, 30 plus years, which whew, it just it flew by in a flash. Yeah. Makes me feel old. 
Yeah, so old that you dye your beard. <laughs> Dude, he's got that comb in stuff where he combs it in. Hey, man, I'm just trying to be that, like Emmett Smith, man. That just for men? Heck yeah. There you go. Hey, All you right. know what? I don't know. What, what is on what is on tap for tonight? You'll see. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna sign us on and just gonna go right into it. It's gonna Wait, be well, awesome. before we do that, who's got the first listen? I got it. Right on, homie. There it is. Let's do this. All right. Both jam man. On the one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the UNT3 podcast, the music podcast that brings you all music <laughs> all the time. We're three best friends. Anytime we get together, we just talk anything and everything music. And that's just what we were doing right before we signed on on here. We listened to two great tracks. Check out some mini sods, maybe coming out with those tracks on them. Uh, what we like to do once a week, we'll drop a video uh, where we just talk about different topics and then you'll see videos on YouTube or they'll come up on Spotify. They may be four minutes, five minutes. We're calling those the mini sods. Check those out as well. Cause those are pretty fun. Um, but man, my, I'm your host, Ryan Gerfers here. We've got our true hero, Joel Cox. And man, this dude's been killing it every week. He's been getting it all done in one take every single time. Our editing team hasn't had to go back and edit any of his stuff. That's why our editing team loves this guy because he does it in one take every <sighs> But man, so if you tuned in last week, we uh we covered two albums turning 30. Uh we're gonna do the same thing this week. I got right two on. new albums turning 30. Uh, but before we jump into those, uh, I was gonna say this, but uh while we were talking about, you know, the fallout boy song and the, um, the other song I played from the eighties. Um, but we also, after I played those for the girls, for Gabby and Isabella, uh, Gabby had never heard of rage against the machine. Oh, wow. And so we went to movie trading company cause Gabby wanted us to buy a whole bunch of horror movies for Halloween. So we bought a ton of scary movies. Well, okay. Anna went back to the music section cause she couldn't find her, uh, rage album. Uh, and y'all will, y'all are going to crucify me for not knowing the name of the album, but it's the one where the uh, monk set himself on fire. It's a self-titled. Yeah. yeah. So that's the album she bought. Well, we got out to the car. And we put that album in <laughs> and we have, you know, in the Cadillac, the Bose system. So it's the, the sound system in the car is awesome. So we turn it up a little bougie. And let me tell you something <laughs> right now. Gabby's face when she like when it kicked in, she went. What is this and where has this been <laughs> my whole life? She was like, I love this. And I go, what is it about it that you like? And we're like screaming it because the music's just in the background. And she goes, I just love the aggression. Mm -hmm. They're so angry. And I'm like, well, yeah, they're raging against the machine, you know? Yeah. And, and then I go, but what is it really that she goes, he, and it's so funny to listen to how 16 year olds talk now. She goes, it's so instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is sad. I'm like, man, I go, well, yeah, they are playing guitars and a drum, you know, and so <laughs> and, and a drum and a drum, you know, it's not all just done on, you know, a mixing board now where they play all the instruments by pushing buttons. Yeah. And so what's so funny about that album is if you watch the uh, Dave Grohl documentary uh, where he talks about getting that knee console, um, they actually Sound talk City, about, baby. about Sound City. Yeah, they actually talk about Rage. 
and they actually had their friends in the room where they recorded and they have video of it. And I was like, that is just such a cool, like it, they were playing two peoples. And I think that that's why that album sounds the way it does. But I'll tell you this, that album is great. It's a great album. I know Fisher's not the biggest rage fan, but for me, the second album, the way it Empire starts, uh, like yeah, people yeah, uh, no, uh, empires. It's something empire. Uh, but, um, that album to me, it it just when it starts off with People of the Sun, I just think that that is just you know bulls on parade. All I mean, it's just such a I, the first one's aggressive, but the second one just to me sounds so much raw. It just sounds raw. yeah. So. Evil Empire is the name of that. Evil one. Empire. Okay, I knew it was something. I knew it was two words. Is that the is that the one with the uh, yellow album with like the hockey? Little kid, the kid yeah, in the hockey jersey and or whatever star he's wearing. And yeah, yeah, I got yeah. you. But uh, I'll tell you this, and I'll, I'll tell you, as far as cover the songs, commies. their their cover of uh, "Ghost of Tom Joad," uh, mm-hmm. which is a Bruce Springsteen song, may be one, in my opinion, top five best covers ever. So that's just me. Well, all right, go check it out, guys. Yeah, rage, rage, but man, hey. Team. We'll get off the rage kick and we'll jump right in. So two albums turning 30. Uh, this first one that we're going to go over, we're kind of getting away from the grunge movement. Like we've been covering a lot of the grunge bands turning 30, right? Yeah. And so the two, two. I, the two I got for y'all tonight, but no, but see, we did, uh, we did, Sound the Gar- we did Soundgarden, we did Temple of the Dog, we did Pearl Jam, we did when, Nirvana. When did we do Bad Motor Finger? We haven't. Uh, Motor we, did, uh, we did a Soundgarden one. Well, either way, we can we can we argue about that of the dog one, but not we can argue about that off camera. Okay. It's where those we'll, minutes we'll of a, preparation. We you know what? Damn it. We'll we'll play a squid game to see who's <laughs> right. Anyway, I still haven't watched any of that. I still watch it, it either. It, it, we, we enjoyed it. But anyway, the first album here. So we're getting away from the grunge, but this one turned 30 March 8th, 1991. Right. Do what? a little late but that's all right that's okay it's a you know it's in the birth year so that's okay <laughs> but we're let, let's talk about right now and i'll let y'all take this because i only really know two songs that i'm looking on this track list right now let's talk about out of time by oh, rem geez. how did i how did i know that you were going with that one <sighs> let's talk about rem because i'm sorry but for me it doesn't get much better than losing my religion yeah, well, I mean, not just not just the music, but I mean, visually and every it was like that's where the stars really aligned for REM uh, was on that album. Yeah, uh, you know, document number that, five. They were still, yeah, they were still kind that, of that college, college radio. Yeah, yeah college and, radio band. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, is I actually love all the old stuff. You know, it's the end of the world. Uh, this one goes out to the one I love. Uh, uh, stand and some Dude, of those I things. like shiny happy people too. That's that's on this album. The shiny yeah, happy, it, yeah, it's yeah. on it's on out of time. It was supposed to be the theme song to Friends. Shiny happy people was yeah. Okay, they didn't write it to be the theme song for Friends, you know, because they'd already put it out before Friends came, uh, before Friends came on the air, and when the writers first started writing for the show and whatnot, they had that song in mind for the title track. And then 
some somewhere along the way they were like let's do something different obviously and they went with the rembrandts now my understanding of uh, specifically shiny happy people wasn't that like a joke like wasn't didn't he write it as kind of like uh they wanted a hit and he was like f you i'll write this dumb dumb song and then you know and of course what i love about not that not only is that song just really great the shiny happy people but it also has the b-52s on it too which at that time, the B-52s, that was their well, just peak. The, just the red-headed Yeah, but I mean, here. but it was so great because at that time, the B-52s, that was kind of their peak as well. So, because they had their album that came out with Love Rome Shack, and stuff maybe. and Love Shack and all that stuff. So, um, but this is such oh, a... B-52s. <laughs> B-52s. But as far Man. as this album, I mean, R.E.M., I mean, this whole album is... It really... And, and Monster is good. And automatic for the people is good, but and those came out afterwards. But this one for me, just I it was one of those right time, you know, right place, yeah. right time kind of albums because um, I don't know why, but I could not wait for that album to come out. I just I'd, I'd gotten into some REM, and then when I heard that album was coming out, I was so excited. And then of course, you know, I, I would always tell a story about going to get automatic for the people, <laughs> writing a check for it, riding my bike up to Target to 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 purchase it. But um, such a great album. I mean, what what do you what do you like about this album, Gervers? Well, I, well, I was going to ask this though. Um, so Ari, the the website that I have the track list pulled up right now is saying that Out of Time is the seventh studio album from REM. So I mean, right. so is I mean, is, so REM was like big in the eighties. Then is yeah. Well, yes and no. They were real big on college radio. That's what really kind of broke them. I guess that would be like the equivalent of YouTube or something. You know, being popular on okay. YouTube, right? And then. Um, I would say with the album before Out of Time, it put them on the radar, so to speak. Like, okay, let's this is a band to watch out for, and then and then they go and decide that the guitar player is going to completely abandon the electric guitar and play mandolin on the album. Uh, Peter Buck, yeah, like he it was just this album was a a big left turn for for the band yeah. right kind of like the black album was for metallica just that hard left turn just okay we're not going to do this progressive 100 miles an hour all the time we're going to pull it back make it heavy or whatnot that was what out of time was for rem and then just like a lot of bands in the early 90s mtv is what really because they were political right they they were they were part of the rock the vote campaign that mtv had and all of that and they just you couldn't get away from them at that point and so yeah that's what that's my main takeaway memory of this album and then specifically losing my religion you know it's an old southern saying about losing your temper basically and you know, I've listened to the song off and on for the last couple of months and just really listening to the words. 
And what's great about that song, great about the way he wrote the lyrics to that song is you can apply that to so many different parts of your life, right? The, the conversation he's having with the other person who's not conversing back to him. Like you can have that, you can place those lyrics, not just on what a lot of people thought at the time was his sexuality, him coming out, but it's not really about that. It's just about this person who, I'm supposed to have some kind of relationship with isn't reciprocating. So, yeah, I know for me, one of the things that, that I remember about the album specifically was the, the video had such imagery to it. But then I remember when I actually got the album for one, it, it, it was sonically different than anything I'd listened to. So, you know, you have radio song, which starts off uh, and it has KRS one, uh, uh, he's rapping on it. I, I believe, if I remember correctly, Boogie Down Productions is who he was with. Uh, it's been a while. Um, but um, KRS-One raps on it. And then you have, you know, Losing My Religion. You have Low. You have Near Wild Heaven. You have, like, um, Shiny Happy. You have, and it was such a, like, sonically for me, it was just like, oh, how do you go to all these places? You know, because there is a, there. you're right, there's a lot of acoustic on it. But then, all of a sudden there's this, you know, distorted guitar in the background doing this crazy weird solo. And, but the other thing that I remember is I could never figure out what the heck he was talking about half the time. And I remember listening to the lyrics, like, you know, losing my religion was one of the few songs that I can actually sing all the lyrics to. Like, I'm not a lyric guy, but I can sing the heck you karaoke that don't have to look at the screen, but as I've gotten older, kind of like reading the Bible to me, the words, every time I hear that song, something new about those lyrics apply. Uh, like you said, you know, it's like whatever context you're in, you can apply that song to. But um, I've come to learn to appreciate that song a, a lot more lyrically as I've gotten older. But um, that's the one thing with Michael Stipe is like, is he, is he wearing his, his, his religion on his sleeve? Is he wearing his sexuality on his sleeve? Is he telling you what he thinks you want to hear? Or is he just trying to keep it vague enough so you're thinking like, and I he won't yes ever- to all of that. And the answer is yes, to all of it. Yeah, and, and he won't ever tell you because as a good songwriter does, um, he's telling a story, but he wants you to have your interpretation of it. So yeah. um, such a great, are you going to play any songs from it? Yeah, you should. Yeah, you got to play. You got to play something. But before before you do, I was just going to say, you know. Especially when they decided to make that left turn for this album that they did. That really forced the bass player, Mike Mills, to. The bass lines he has on this album are amazing. Yeah, he, he's great a player. Great, he's a great bass player. Great singer, too. Backup singer. Yeah, he's a, he's. Because Near Wild Heaven is his song. I like he sings that. So yeah, he's he's a very talented man. Mm -hmm. And everything we just said about lyrics and whatnot, that's there you go. <laughs> you might I didn't as well mean hey, to hit play, but I'll let it what? play. Go for it. Talk. I was just, just say that, you know, when we did our super group, that's why I included Michael Stein as a candidate for frontman.
I wouldn't be listen upset. Listen to that, that bass line. I wouldn't be upset with this being a Friends theme song. Loves this song, doesn't she? Uh, I'd have to ask. We don't really I guarantee listen to... you she does. I guarantee you she does too. I always get REM, and this is just this is where y'all are gonna kick me off the show. But I always get REM and Blind Melon mixed up. <laughs> I can see that a little bit. No. That's just good. It is. It's happy. My yeah. dad. Okay. When I was, when I was in high school and I was taking summer classes, my freshman year, my dad would pull up to drop me off in the morning for summer school. And as he was pulling up, he would play that blaringly loud. So when I got out of the car, it was shiny. And he, and he just thought it was the funniest. That is kind of funny. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody's looking, you know, of course you're a freshman. So you're already a little awkward anyway. So but I mean, so, even even for a song like that, if you would actually listen to the lyrics of what he was saying, you know, yeah, that's just. I, I listen like, to that. I listen to that song, and instantly all the MTV videos come back to my come to mind. Yeah, the stuff that like the interviews that he did at the time. Like what I don't think people realize is just we were fortunate enough to grow up in a time when music was so much at the forefront of pop culture and drove yeah. almost everything yeah i would say not that he needed a lot of help but i would say the push by mtv and music is what got bill clinton elected as president mm-hmm. right him That's identifying true. with that age group and well obama did the same thing when he was elected he he knew right. how to uh connect with the young people so i mean it's uh, it's not that young people historically turn out to vote in large numbers, but you know, but they did in those elections and they, they seized the day on that. But I do agree with you that there was probably some assistance. Uh, uh, I'm, with, I'm not saying that the assistance was intentional. It was just that it was such at the forefront at the time. That they just connected. It just, those two things everywhere connected. You, yeah. Everywhere you turned, you know, whether it be, in public or on TV, especially on TV, right? Because grow up, growing up then, MTV was the the voice, was the the gatekeeper of what was popular, if if you will, right? And mm-hmm. you know, just you look at the the way videos were shot back then, the way TV shows were shot back then, they were all very similar, had very similar music. Like you listen to listen to the Rembrandt's theme song for friends and it's very sonically very much alike uh, similar is what i'm trying to say similar to what we just listened to yeah so yeah definitely hey can you play a little bit of like low or something something because i mean yeah well I was, yeah I'll, I'll get to that but what i was going to play next mm-hmm. so the website i'm looking at right now with the song uh, with the track list on it it's genius.com 
and it looks like these are like views or or downloads or something. I don't know. But anyway, so losing my religion is top with like 632k, right? Yeah. Okay. And shiny happy people was 58.2. I'm gonna play the third that okay. has 24k and see if y'all can at least name the song. Okay. Here we go. One, two, three, four. about to drop the f-bomb oh was he yeah he self harm f off so do you want me to play it or just tell you just tell me half a world away okay nice and then you want joel you wanted to hear low yeah i just well i mean and the thing is is that song is also a good example but i love how they 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 got this really chill thing happening and then you had this crazy just free form guitar in the background and low is kind of the similar kind of All you right. just play a snippet of it there it's a go. low it's literally a low song too just dusk is dawn stay where did it like something Ezra would have written back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, really. Fast and slow. But that just goes back to the point I was just making about how Still prevalent all of this was at that time. Is this about how ex- exciting this song gets? No, it builds up a little bit. There's no, there's no drums. It does build up in the okay. chorus a little bit, but. Well, before we move on to the next album, we should probably play the most popular one. I was just about to say, I would you literally stole the words right out of my mouth. Um, but so, you're, hey, real quick, you are 100% correct. Uh, one of uh, Ezra's biggest influences uh, is Michael Stipe. And oh, it's very apparent. And you very. can hear it not just in the lyrical um, and the ideas, because, you know, Ezra did would say, I hear something like this, and then we'd write towards that. Um, but also just his tonality as well, especially when he gets high. I mean, that's mm-hmm. totally Ezra. So, all right. Well, so we'll finish REM out on the big one. 
Here we go. Dude, I love this. As soon as like as soon as you hear it in the words of Steve Harvey, your ass just lights up. Yeah. (laughs) Here we go. song and hand them a lyric sheet and let them read the lyrics along yeah with that because that like I, i'm actually I'm, gonna print them right now i'm i'm, I'm very Your dot matrix heavy, right i'm very lyric heavy this this episode but that's the kind of writer he was or is he's they're still writing music but um, oh they're 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 retired man well, rem is write. they still yeah. write though yeah people like them who don't stop right yeah um, even if they're not going to put it out, but you know, I remember watching an interview he gave when they were doing the rounds, you know, for the the 30th anniversary. Him and the bass player Mike, and he was talking about how that song in particular, the writing of it, and then the director of the video saying he wanted him to dance. And he was like, I, I, I don't do that. Yeah, that's, that's not that's not who we are. And the director explaining to him, well, then just move to whatever, make your body move the way the lyrics look in your head or something to that effect. And he was like, he said, this is sound really hippie of me, but he was like, it was very freeing for him, right? And it went on to basically put him on the path that rem took from that point on and you can hear it in the you can hear it in the music you can hear it in his lyrics and and the way he sings them about Mm -hmm. like okay i'm putting this part of me behind me forever now and i'm doing it this way Mm -hmm. it's it's powerful stuff if you really stop and think about it yeah that's why i said print out the lyrics and let them oh yeah yeah, and he could do that with again. all of his lyrics, man. Not just yeah. that that that's a good example, but just everything. But I do. I, so Ryan, do you know what REM stands for? I, I it no, he does. It's <laughs> not rapid <laughs> eye movement. 
I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's not REM sleep. You know, what, what is it? Fisher, do you know? I did at one point. Uh, it's, it's supposedly it stands for regular everyday musicians. Well, there you go. Supposedly. I can see that. And uh, which explains a lot because, I mean, and that's another thing um, with MTV. They weren't the prettiest looking guys. I mean, not to be like rude to any of them, but I mean, they they did not look like all the other bands that were out there. They didn't have the but, long hair. They yeah. didn't have the grunge outfits. They didn't. They weren't metal heads. But, you know, they weren't oh. pop, but they were like, so he's done cutting yeah, I was just going to say, but that's who they were. Like, that's that's what they look like. And before you because I want you to I do want you to, to comment on it. The other thing I think of is the MTV uh, acceptance speech where he had like the 10 or 15 different shirts on. Do you remember that? Yeah. I remember and as that. he's accepted, like when I hear he's that song and he's taking the shirts off and each of them have some kind of political statement on it. Those are the those are uh, that's another thing. There's a lot of things I think, of, but that's that's one of the things, too. But well, but I was I was going to say that, yeah. you know, when you said, OK, we're going to kind of get away from the grunge and go to the. I, that's just as grunge as Nirvana's Nevermind in my mind. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and Kurt and Michael were became really good friends and yeah. before Kurt passed away. And that REM was a huge influence on Nirvana, especially yeah. Kurt Cobain. And, and Kurt, how to deal with fame. Right. Like and, he reached and, out to him to help him. Right, exactly. And Kurt Cobain considered them to be just as if not more grunge than Nirvana. So just like with metal, it's not just the way it sounds. It's the, it's the attitude. It's the, the feeling, the emotions behind it. So, well, there we go. And uh, before we run out of time, we'll, uh, look, look what you did. You know, uh, you like, you uh, did. I'll, I'll see myself out <laughs> the rainbow. The more, you know, but, um, <laughs> No, so so one of the, we'll move on to the next one. Joke. Yeah, yeah, great. So we'll move on to the next one, but um, the next one for sure is not a is not part of the grunge uh, scene, and I'll just put it this way: there would be no UNT three podcast if uh, this artist didn't exist, and so we're just going to jump right into this one. Are you going to play uh, it? No, no, I'll tell you what it is. Okay. Uh, it it will turn 30 on November 26th. And this okay. will be Michael Jackson's Dangerous. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man, we're going deep. Dangerous, man. Huh? You're not going to hear me wax poetically about it as much as you <laughs> just heard me. We're out of time. Well, but you know what? Like, there, there are some good songs on that album. There I are mean, good songs on it. Not a whole lot, but there are some. So this is saying that this is Michael Jackson's eighth studio album. So, I mean, how do you like, you know, like, but for real, though, how do you follow up like Thriller and Beat It? And those, like, how do you follow those? And for some, somehow he still was able to, though. <laughs> um. Well, you know. Sorry, keep, keep keep going. I love that he's just laughing. No, there. it's fine. Well, <laughs> you, you follow Thriller and Billy Jean and all that up with Bad, right? And 
that that album's pretty great too yeah i think yeah um, yeah I, I, is, I think it's just as good as thriller i do too and oh which one bad oh i thought the, you the were follow saying up dangerous the follow was up. no dangerous oh, no. came out dangerous was the one after bad and you could have just said it was bad part two it's 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 bad light bad light yeah it's it's, it's, very, it's good but it's not sonically it's a very similar uh he tried but that's what happens when you have co-writer songwriters and people who <clears throat> write your music for you as opposed to doing it all by yourself not that he didn't write music and didn't have any input in how um the songs went because if you watch uh the this is it documentary the one that documented the him getting ready for his world tour before he passed away um just the way how he took charge and okay when we perform this song live we're going to do it like this and yeah the music's, so he was instrumental i mean he was he, he had to say what how his songs went i'm just saying yeah he was trying to hit magic or hit that three-point shot that he did with bad and he almost did yeah he got a he got a, re- a rebound with the layup. I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> Sorry, it's almost dropped mine. I had to remind myself. I, I'll be honest with you. This was not really. I mean, I could talk about bad and thriller all day, but like I had to remind myself what songs are on here. There's actually some really good songs on here. Yeah, will you be there? Is a good one. Yeah, I mean, you got you got black or white. I mean, that had slash on it. And Macaulay Culkin in the video. Yeah. And what's and, his name? Norm from. Cheers. Oh. <laughs> All non-musical situations, but still, still great. But I mean, I, no, I, I mean, the first what the, what the video was. I mean, the first single was Remember the Time, right? And that's oh. the one where he had Lisa Marie Presley in it while he was dancing. Oh. No, no, that had a mon in it. He had and, Mike, uh, Magic Jordan was in it. Not, yeah. yeah. Magic Jordan, Magic Johnson. Yeah. I mean, that, that was I mean, that was a great track. I mean, these, there's some good songs on here. I just remember at that point. I thought Black or White was the first one off. And maybe it was. Because it had, yeah. that's the one with the, at the time, the very uh, technologically advanced ending where it changed people's faces and stuff at the end. Yeah, and it cost like $2 billion and it yeah. took like 13 years to, to do. It was, it, was, and... it was like the same program that they used to do. Uh... <laughs> it's what you could do on your iPhone now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, then right. you've got. It's what we do on this podcast every every week. But, yeah, well, it was the same technology that they used in Terminator Two. Yeah, for the, for the Terminator. Well, and then you've got the feel good song of "Heal the World." Yeah, heal the world. You know, I mean, that was the hey, let's let's kumbaya. That was yeah. like the modern day kumbaya. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a great album, but you know, at this point, I was kind of musically like past michael jackson i mean I, he's still great and i still know these songs that are on here but it's it's not like it was anything i really like gravitated towards but but would you would it be safe to say though because y'all said this followed up bad correct correct that, but wasn't there part of you that was like really anxious to see how well this album would turn out after bad oh no, because this album has the the unfortunate 
timing of its release, right? Because it came out the same year of all these other albums that we just talked about. And yeah. the pop side of music was kind of put being pushed to the side for a little bit. Yeah, while, it was on pause. Yeah. yeah, while the grunge movement came in. So, and especially Joel and I, we were, <clears throat> pardon me, at those ages where, you know, just Joel's learning to play guitar. I'm just really beginning to listen to music and oh this is something completely different talking about grunge and all of that than what we listened to just a couple of years ago i.e being michael jackson and music like that and so his his album didn't have the impact on it because that the others did because when those others made the impact those people were a little bit younger right maybe still single or whatnot and then by the time this album comes around, they're older, they've moved on, mm-hmm. or it's kids' music, and they can't really affect how popular things go. And so he just, if he'd released it a year earlier, it probably would have had a bigger impact. That's a good point. Um, and I, I think that that's a really great point. I really can't add much. The only thing that I was thinking of is kind of piggybacking on what you said is um, my pop music was guitar driven. Like it may not have been the grunge stuff, but um, you know, stuff like fuel and all that stuff that was like, you know, you can sing it. And it was, I mean, you could kind of move to it. Like that was my pop music. And so I kind of gravitated towards that. Um, I was also into, even though I'm not a real lyrics guy, I was into, more introspective things than hey girl you're hot or you know you know some of these or other things the world, that he was like talking he was yeah i mean it's like i was kind of more into relational you know the relational songs of the time when he would you know like when he did you're not alone okay that's a song that i can kind of relate to at that time but it's not on this album but um but even a song like you you're not alone as much as people can relate to it especially when it came out just the i was just in a different place yeah right the subject matter set against the the poppiness of the sound it didn't have the it wasn't as guttural as what was coming out at that time right it wasn't as for whatever reason there was just a lot of angst in the country at that time and grunge is what the angsty went to as opposed to pop music like michael jackson yeah, I uh, I agree, but but yeah, I mean that's you know when when uh, when Thriller came out, there was just nothing like it, and when Bad right. came out, Bad was an, a different enough that it it was you know, but then you know it's but like I mean, all you can you can see even in those, especially the track Bad. That's his attempt to repeat beat it. Yeah. Right. Even that album was an attempt to repeat kind of what preceded it. But because it was the album that followed Thriller, mm-hmm. there was all this, oh, what's what's he going to do next? And right. It had that impact because people were just coming off the memory of Thriller and how groundbreaking that was. And and then. Yeah. And then I, the thing I remember about we're supposed to be talking about dangerous, but we're talking about bad. <laughs> the thing that I, I remember no most about rules. that. No rules. Correct. The thing, the thing that I remember most about the when the 
album bad came out was just the promotional push that was put behind that album yeah right he had that little mini movie that came out that i remember my best friend at the time we sat in his room all night the night it, it, or it felt like all night because it was the premiere on mtv and so you know we had our bowl of popcorn and our drinks and we sat in his room and watched and you know that's the smooth criminal video and all of those things it was just yeah and even now i mean and so again he just had the unfortunate uh release date of 91 and he lands uh, dab smack in the middle of the explosion of grunge and but it still you know, sold well. It did, but you didn't have the anticipation. Like, I think because Bad wasn't as groundbreaking in some aspects as maybe Thriller was, there wasn't as much hype going into Dangerous. People going, "Oh, what's he gonna? What's he gonna put out next?" Plus, I think there, it was a while between uh, Bad and Dangerous. I think it was something like three years. Yeah, you so, know, and also Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, be there was no songs on there he could make like a like a, a right? parody of so you, yeah. that tells you something if there's not a parody song uh michael jackson and and, and uh, uh weird al yankovic then i'm sorry that's just that's a letdown but well it it just looking up just now <laughs> it says by recent estimates dangerous has sold over 32 million copies worldwide yeah making it one of the top selling albums of all time yeah of course anything with michael jackson's name on it was going to sell well um but i just kind of wish I wish I just, he would have he, he would have gone safe because I feel like he did off the wall, which was his kind of, hey, look at me. I can kind of do this on my own. And he, it was all happy. Great album. Then he goes to Thriller and Thriller has some for him kind of challenging songs, you know, the weird spooky <laughs> and all this other stuff and beat it. And of course, he's trying to show how tough he is. And then he comes out with bad, which I'm a little tougher. By the way, every time I think of bad, I think of that video where he's all like, you ain't bad. You don't yeah. know nothing. You don't yeah. know nothing. It's like, uh, that's no stop. Um, and then, um, and Wesley Snipes is in that video too. Mm -hmm. Wesley Snipes. Um, he's the one he's tripping on. That's when he was, that's when he was paying taxes. Uh, that's before he stopped. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wesley Snipes. You're great. We love Dang. you. Go blade. Uh, but then he's you have come passenger 57, your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have, but then you have dangerous and it's like, Dude, you've already shown no one should mess with you. Can you light lighten it up? Just just be the happy go lucky Michael Jackson. And and maybe that's just me being uh, ignorant to what he was going through at that time. It sounds to me like he was just trying to always prove himself. But you know, because yeah. then he came out with uh with the album after that's the one that has Scream on it and with him and Janet and I mean they're yelling and breaking stuff and it's like that's great, man. But can you keep can we just keep it light? Come on. Can we can we be like semi harmless? Come on, why do we have to be dangerous? So, but it's still a great album. I mean, it's still Michael Jackson, and people still came out to see him. And heck, if he was still alive, I'd probably go see him too. So, why wouldn't you? He was one of the greatest live shows ever. I saw him once and uh, changed my life. So, but uh, you know, it's funny. I'd never really thought about it, Fisher, until you said that. But beat it is followed by bad even though there's no guitar really on that song, but like, it's got the same kind of same uh, attitude, the same attitude. And then you have black or white, which is 
more electric guitar and and man there's some killer killer riffs in that that section before it goes into the rap so it's kind of interesting i never really thought about he kind of did the same kind of progression on all those um first singles always the one that's kind of like a hitch in the face kind of like aerosmith they found the right formula and just stuck to it (laughs) right you tell me i'm wrong (laughs) I'm, I'm not. Hey, if you want to see anything, just go watch the videos on YouTube where they take the country songs and they put them together and they're like uh-huh. identical. No, or, exact- or what's that other band, Nickelback? They do it with Nickelback. So, well, you know, we're just hey. saying you brought Nickelback up this time. We didn't. Yeah. I did. There's something to it. But I didn't bring up somebody else. <laughs> I didn't bring up somebody else. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's my, it's still. I guess this is the thing that sucks about being somebody that's so talented and so gifted and they do such great work that at a certain point when you're up here so long, you can, I mean, think about it. Anybody else in this world would kill to have that album. Anybody else would kill to have to sell 15 million, much less 32 million. I mean, we, we are being kind of crappy, but that's also like, I mean, right, well, he was up here for so long. I right, mean, right, right. He still is the king of pop, and he's been dead for how many years now? I mean, almost uh, 10 years. So, I mean, but I was just going to say, you know, if you think about why maybe he kind of recycled the same album over and over, if you've watched the, that documentary, This Is It, and watch the live show. I mean, it is basically the same live show he had since Thriller, since mm-hmm. the Thriller album. Yeah. And, you know, some might sit there and go, well, that's that's a cop out. Why would you want to do that? Well, so many people around the world, when they buy a ticket to see your show, expect a certain spectacle. Yeah. You know, they want to see the Thriller. They want to see this. They want to see that. And you kind of have to. And so he he had become just by far by far and away top of the mountain over everybody else, you know. Just okay, this is what's expected of me, so I can just hit repeat as far as what I'm going to put out, and I'm going to sell 30 million copies. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, right. And I'm going to sell out every single live show I do. That's why I can do 50 shows charge as much as i want and make the same kind of money i've always been making so. in 1984 our nosebleed tickets were a hundred dollars 1984 wow and that, you think about how long it because like think about it we were thinking about going to a show the other day and like almost to the pit was going to be uh like 150 175 so like i mean we're talking michael jackson astro the astrodome nosebleed we were at the top hundred dollars a ticket so i mean he was and people were paying it people i mean people would mortgage their houses just to remortgage or refinance their houses just to go so he was the last phenomenon that like there was elvis then the beatles then michael jackson so you don't think somebody like uh, like a Bieber or one of these guys is is it could no, potentially be on even, that level? No, I don't think so. I think because right. the market is so saturated. 
so saturated with people who do the same thing and it just there's too much choice as far as so not even like a beyonce or anything like that i'm not saying we have to agree with the music but i mean no no her fans are like you know but what i'm saying is, is when the beatles or when when elvis the beatles and michael jackson when they left the hotel it took him 10 minutes to get to the car because so many people were there, posters, cameras, screaming, yelling, all of the things, you know, as soon as they get in the car, pounding on the car as they drive by. Like, you don't really see that anymore, at least not here in America. Yeah. Right. Which at least like, not for musicians, like the closest thing you have to that are influencers like Kim Kardashian or other YouTubers or something. Maybe yeah. like we've gone. Yeah, but, even, but even the, but even them, they don't. They don't come close to the the mountaintop that Michael Jackson was on. Yeah. So get this. So I pulled up this interesting number. So this is according to Nielsen Music in 2019. That was 10 years after he passed away. So 10 years since his death in 2019, he sold 16.1 million albums. (laughs) Right. Like, that's crazy. Like, he's been dead over a decade. And he's still and selling. Controversies controversies, and all, right? Yeah. Like, not even the controversies that plagued him would stop. I mean, even if he lost a third of his fans because of it, he's still, you know, double-digit million fans. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's- Isn't it amazing when you look at all the other artists and actors or, or people in entertainment that have been faced with, let's say similar. I mean, if we're not to, you know, kind of put a level out there, but what he was being, let's say accused of was, I think we all can agree, probably one of the most disgusting things. Oh yeah. Just, most definitely. And yet, all the other guys that maybe have done some some really disgusting things, they they've never recovered. Right. But yet Michael Jackson never really, I mean, it, it never his popularity never really waned. Right. Um, and that's was you know what I mean? That's like the, crazy. Yeah, that goes to the heart of my point earlier about you know the expectation level of his, his albums, his live shows, like on one hand, you could sit there and go, well, that's lazy just to kind of put out a regurgitation of the album before. But then on the other hand, you're like, but this is what the fans expect. And whether you consider that selling out or not, when you, when you start selling as many albums as he does and start living life the way that he does and becoming accustomed to that, I don't really care what you think anymore. Cause yeah. I can do whatever I want. It's true. And so if I put out an album that's very similar to the one before, so be it. I know I'm going to sell millions of copies. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. true. True. It's been interesting. I mean, this is, I think, the first album that we've covered that we really just didn't talk about. We Well, we talked about it, but it no, was you more. Did. We did. It was more reflective of. Um, I mean, the thing is, we can only talk about what we we're not going to sit there and, and hey, let me look this, you know, I'm going to make this stuff up. I mean, um, I mean, we were honest. I mean, as far as the three albums, actually, uh, uh, if you do Off the Wall, Bad Thriller, and then this album, for me, this is the 
this is the fourth one out of those four, yeah. you know? It's and, like, and what you also have to remember is these these albums, even though they're 30 years old, were what? I was 13 when a lot of these albums came out. Mm -hmm. Right? I was, about I, was to turn 40. I was 33. <laughs> I was old. And so all of these perspectives, a lot of them are colored of the by the vision of a, a 13 year old. Right? I can only tell you what you're the right demographic. <laughs> you're terrible. You are terrible. I'm fired. Hey, there was fired. I just got it, you sick son of a bitch. There was two other things I thought earlier, and I withheld them. I just giggled instead. So oh, oh man. Man, you're terrible. I We're am gonna get sued now. Thanks. Uh, I don't think so. If if he's was if he comes back from the grave, his estate uh, can sue us. But I'm just saying, he, you know, that's why I was like, because at 13, I was really starting to get more into grunge than even as a 12 year old. But, you know, especially when he put out Thriller, because he put out Thriller in 87. So it was right before I turned 10. And so pop music like that was huge when you're that young. And then when you get to be your teenage years and, developing your own music taste he just happened to get this album released when a lot of people that were his fans were just beginning the moving on to something different a little more substantive in my opinion with yeah. the rams and all the other albums that we've covered this year true true well guys this has been an interesting i have to say as far as covering uh, music this has to be one of the most interesting uh uh kind of descriptions of an album but hey let us you better bring the heat we just had i think that was probably one of the best episodes we've ever done so <laughs> you better bring the heat well i i don't know if i'm going to bring the heat but i will tell you we would love to hear your feedback let us know what you think about rem let us know what you think about michael jackson this album it was it any good did you like it did you think we didn't play anything off of it it's okay They've heard it's Michael Jackson. Everybody, it's Michael Jackson, and I didn't want to play Michael Jackson, and then you know tomorrow get the email saying your video has been banned yeah. from YouTube because Michael yeah. Jackson's estate said, Fuh. you know. So yeah, there you we go. Gotcha. Uh, so okay, so I thought I'd do something a little different. Uh, we started off listening to um, uh, Fallout Boy, so I thought it'd be fun to play a different band uh, that's kind of similar in that vein that I'm sure both of y'all have never listened to. So I'm just going to play it. We'll talk about it after the fact. Do this. Here we go. It's okay. going to be about human excrement. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh. Can no, y'all hear that? That's the Lord's way. Of that's saying, God's way of it. saying, let's listen to something else. Can y'all hear anything? No. Are you you sure? can't? I cannot. You know what? This is very. Uh, there, have we heard something. Can you there hear anything now? Yeah. Good. Okay. This is very reminiscent of your last not called common show before you officially quit when your amp wouldn't work. Everything bad with early 2000s.
it's over. Thank God. So I'm going to go out on a limb and take a guess at who that was. Okay, I will tell you this. Uh, band Wait, A through I'm gonna C. Give, no, I'm going to uh, give a band 2002 name. 2002 to 2005. Okay, I, I will say this. If you get this band correct. I will not get this band correct. But if you do, I will give you $50 next time I see you. Yeah. I, out, out of my pocket. You holla. Well, I, will, I will give you $50. I'm not going to get the band name correct, but I'm because uh, I'm going to make a band name up and oh, maybe geez. something will sit. But I think maybe the name of that band is Hangnail that leaves scratch marks on my wrist. <laughs> scratch marks on my scrot. <laughs> I mean, dude, you don't die if that happens like that, like that. I, no, but I, I don't even have a guess for who that would be. Like, are they a well-known band? Uh, they are. If you listen to emo music. Okay, so in the early early to, early to mid nineties, so that's a nineties band. Yeah, the mid yeah mid mid nineties. Oh, then I'm I'm out. That's yeah. I don't know. That's I hate my dad, and they're singing <laughs> a song called, you know, he f my life up. I don't know. <laughs> they probably wear black nail polish and eyeliner and all. No, that. No, they didn't. They didn't. They... So who? What's the name of the band? Uh, that was uh, Taking Back Sunday. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I was about to say that next. Uh, and the song is called "Your So Last Summer." You're hearing clapping because she likes it. So, of course she does. <laughs> well, there it's we for go. All, it's for all, it, that, that music was for angsty white girls. All Did you hear? Time. She was she clapped and she was slaps. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Okay, that's fire. It's one hundred. You know, it's all that. That's fire. Nice. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's uh, taking back Sunday. I I thought that it'd be fun to kind of play a song that's kind of better songs by them. There's a lot of songs, but a lot of people know those. They songs. were mid to late '90s, not early to mid. Okay, sorry, mid to late. Jeez. Anyway, um, I know uh, where this that, is that going. So myself. Well, that's that's the point. <laughs> oh my gosh! Any any last comments before we that round was, round this episode out at all? Pretty sure that your uh, first listen uh, privileges privileges have been revoked again. again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, Fisher, when you said that, it reminds me of that quote in Three Hundred where he goes, "You will not like this. This will hurt." <laughs> That's not what he said, but okay. But in what he, he says, yeah, what does he say then? <laughs> he says, "You will not enjoy this." Okay, I, Close. he was like, "I am not your king." Oh, I thought he said this will hurt. No. I thought he says this will. Okay, I'm going to look it up later. Look it up. Okay, you're probably you're, right. You're, you're always gonna, right. You're going to. Okay, let's music, just move on quote. to where first Fisher tells me something that I need to go check out. So go look at us on YouTube or whatever. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> just, Fisher, what do you got this week? Uh, <laughs> uh, I need a cleanser after that. Jeez. Like, we just had this beautiful episode where we just expounded on the, the virtues of R.E.M. and Michael Jackson. And then you go and play that. Well, I got you know, We had nowhere to go but down. I mean, the only thing I could play is a, another Michael you, Jackson you, you song. You could have played an R.E.M. song. You could have played a Michael. Well, probably not a Michael Jackson song. We were, yeah, we don't want to get blocked. Yeah. But you could have played, you know, like Radio Free Europe or something. Okay. Man. Why don't we just move on? Just check go. that song out by the okay. way. Okay. Yeah. Check out all the REM stuff. Okay. So 
couple of channels that are covered cover channels. Um, <laughs> someone mute him. I have control. Uh, I, I know you do. The first uh, channel is Josh Cohen. And it's a piano covers channel. And I got turned on to him when uh, 20th anniversary of uh, OK Computer came out. And he did, in response to the 20th anniversary, he did a cover of every song off of uh, OK Computer on piano. Mm. And so um, that's the first channel. It's a really, it's a really laid back channel. It's a really good one. Um, the one he's got out right now is Pink Floyd's Breathe. I mean, it was four years ago, but that's his featured video. <clears throat> and the other band or the other channel is you've heard me mention Pomplamoose before. And um, Jack's in this band, too. He's the piano guy. Um, it's Scary Pockets. Think of him as a funky Pomplamoose. So... Yeah, that's the second time you shouted them out. Uh, is it? Uh, yeah, I dude, that's it's a it's a great one. If I'd shouted them out or not, so yeah, well, I remember I, because you mentioned Pomplamoose. By the way, Pomplamoose is also a great channel to check out too. So yeah, their their mashups are pretty cool. But I did check out that one, uh, the Scary Pockets one, after the fact because I I was very familiar with Pomplamoose, but I didn't know about the other band. Um, and we actually listened to one of their uh, one of their tracks. They're really good. So yeah, well then. You know, since I shouted out them before, I'm going to go ahead and because I've really been watching it since the, the release of their deluxe set for their 30th anniversary, go, going back and watching Metallica's channel. And they've got a bunch of outtakes and from the making of of the album. It's really interesting to see how what they decided to leave out of the year and a half in the life and then you see the outtakes you're like oh, that could have been in the in the documentary it made it so much better or i see why they left that part out yeah so um, yeah go check that out trip down memory lane and while you're checking all that out go to our facebook page the <laughs> unt3 and then check us out on instagram youtube and spotify no, sorry. Anyway, no, we're, that, that's everything that we're on, right? Apple Podcasts. Go Apple check Podcast. us out on all those things, right? Um, something we've been talking about for a while, and I think it's going to be time that we do this. Um, and just for the record, it is 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on October 11th, 2021. That way, when this episode drops, you can see how long it took our editing team to get it out to you guys. <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> but we've been talking for a while, and I, and I think, <laughs> oh my gosh, just saying, um, I think it, it might be time to do a Facebook Live soon, so we yeah, can get some not? interaction going, right? And so, be be on the lookout for a Facebook Live, but check us out on all of those platforms because we'll start posting stuff about dates and times for our Facebook Live. Uh, it will definitely be um, a few weeks from now, just because our editing team stays so busy and they All do the they do painstaking work for this podcast every <laughs> day. Right. I mean, they they fit in a, a, a cool, solid five minutes daily. <laughs> if you think so. it sucks now, you should see when I when I don't edit it. <laughs> <laughs> so just just given 
given the editing team, and there is no I in team. There's only a J-O-E-L in team. There he goes. Thanks, will guys. I am. Well, no, man, dude, you do a great job. I'm just That's saying. Good. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate you do a great it. job. It, you you carry the show. You and Fisher carry the show. So I got to do something. Yeah, well, that's why my back hurts. So, <laughs> but it is what it is. But man, so we again, we've been saying this. Uh, we're still not done with the albums turning thirty. MTV turned forty. Um, our our calendar year is coming to an end soon, so we got to fit this stuff in. Yeah, so, and next week is the NCC episode, or right? a a. NCC episode. Yes. With a so special guest. We're going to get some not call common stuff out to you. It'll be good stuff. Until then, keep living, keep loving, keep listening, and as always, keep rocking. <laughs> Metal. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. Odd pauses, man. Odd pauses. Odd pauses. And then you don't know me. You don't know my life. <laughs> you don't know my life. You don't know my stuff. <laughs> hey, Mr. Balloon Hands. <laughs> right on. Mr. Balloon. So, I hate it when it does this. Turn it up. That's Y'all really calls. can't hear anything? We really can't. Let's try this again. Check my audio devices. It's going down. Can you for hear real? me? It's going yes. down for real. I hate that song. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I hate that song. I can't hear y'all at all. Good. Y'all still can't hear me? We can hear you. We can hear you. We can't hear the music. And if he hold can't on. hear us, then what What? What good does it okay. do to answer that question? Okay. This is why it pays. Okay, can y'all hear me now? To check we, all your sound. We, we've always you been able to button. hear you. We've always been able to hear you. We just can't hear the music. And I don't Why think you can hear us. Out. Can you hear us? Oh, there we go. Jeez. Okay, let's try that again. Hey, hey, no, wait, real quick before you log off. Yeah. Wait, wait. So we totally have to figure out a way to do this to freak him out on an episode where and we can't do it because now it's just you and me on here. But yeah. you know how you're usually over here? Yeah. We need to do it to where I go to point to you. And as my hand leaves the screen, somebody needs to be under your desk and have a hand come out <laughs> where it looks like I'm reaching through or and I'm I like, pick oh. your nose or something. Or like, it's like, oh, wait, we can do this. Yeah, so it's like here. Yeah, 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 yeah. and as it starts to come, like <laughs> actually, I'd, I'd have to be like, have to be. Well, no, yeah, no, that's right, that's right, that's right. Mm.
but I have to keep my hand down like that and then be like, and then it just goes up. I can only go so far. It had to be real close to the mic, but that, that would be funny. <laughs> but where I just point up through there and then you just see this hand come out from underneath yours and it's all like, hey! 